Guys, I'm here to talk to you about our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Shades and Sketch. We've got all kind of great content for you there that you won't find in normal episodes. You can join and support the show for as little as $1 a month. At $5, you unlock all kind of exclusive content like episode voting, Patreon-only episodes, and exclusive artwork. On to this week's episode. Oh, hello. I'm Sketch. And I'm Shades. And this is Geeking, Geeking Out with Shades, Shades and Sketch. Welcome back, longtime listeners. Glad to be here. Once again, you have joined us as we have taken our GoCo, our Geeking Out Command Outpost, to another new corner of the Geeking Out multiverse. Sketch, I don't think we've ever been here before. We have not been here before. Not Big readers. So no. It's not me. Readings for chumps. But uh, today, longtime listeners, you have stumbled upon us perusing the aisles uh, of a nice local kind of, you know, like small business. Local to where it is. Local to where it is. Not local to us because yeah. we're, we're not local. We're everywhere. Not local anywhere. Yeah. Uh, just you know, like a like a mom and pop kind of bookstore, like like not a big box. Store. We're we're basically Chewbacca of the of the the holiday Star Wars special. Yeah. We are we're abandoning our children, pretty much. Okay, <laughs> sorry, Doodle. We, we, I guess this just in. We uh, we we go home once yeah. every thirty years. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Um, <laughs> travel in the multiverse. The, what what long time listeners don't know is that we're desperately trying to go. Home. Yes, uh, each one of these locations is another attempt, hey. and it never works. It out. never. The go go takes you where you need to be, not, not where you, where want, you to want to be. Yes. So anyway, if we are talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Where are we, Shades? Uh, We are at uh, AZ Fell & Co. Which is a a, a lovely Uh, little little bookstore. It's charming. uh, In London. Yes. And it's just, you can smell that smell of of old pages. Decaying leather and and, and paper. You feel just just eons of of knowledge and story around us. And so if we are uh, at the bookstore whose name I can't remember. <laughs> uh, a play on Aziraphale. Yeah, but a play on Aziraphale and company, then that must mean we are talking about Amazon Primes. And BBC Twos. And BBC Twos. Good, good Omens. More like Great Omens. Yes, That's what I said to you when I, when I finished it. Is, it. Yep. Uh, if we are talking Good Omens, do we have a theme song? I believe week? we do, Sketch. All right, let's hear it. Ooh, you make me live Whatever this world can give to me You're my best friend That's like our theme song, too. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. I love that I get to uh, serenade you almost every episode, Sketch. Yeah, and our longtime listeners. And, yeah, and you longtime listeners. Yeah, they've been writing in for for eons wanting that. And, I know. And now and there we're it delivering. Is. So, uh, guys. We listen. We listen long time. If listeners. we are talking good omens, uh, then we are going to spoil, guess what? Good, good omens. omens. Specifically uh, the show. Yes. Uh, because you and I have not read the book. We, to, to date, we have not yet read the books. No. Uh, so, spoilers for the Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett, possibly book. Yeah. And most definitely the series, but also spoilers for Judeo-Christian, 
spirituality, mm-hmm. mythology, belief, yep. scripture. Buckle in, long-time uh, listeners. Whatever you want to call that. Uh, spoilers for um, folklore, uh, English folklore. Spoilers for we already uh, took apocryphal. On, we already took on the Egyptian mythology. We did. Pantheon. Yep. Um, we, we've done Thor. We've done. S- oh yeah, we've done Norse Norse mythology. mythology. Uh, and now it's time to uh, to it's time to head into uh, now it's time to just debase and and sacrilege Judeo Christianity. Perfect. Yeah, just like Netflix did those yeah. two damn Netflix uh, people. I know, hope they never air another episode. Well, they Good Omens. They have already said stated publicly they will never air another episode of Good Omens. Well, too little, too late. Talk about shaving the pressure. Too little, too late. I say. Is Netflix. it that easy? Netflix. Come on, come on. Is it that easy? Like, can we get? Sequest DSV back oh, on Netflix, please. I want a Sequest DSV set in modern day, which would still be in the future of the original series. <laughs> That'd be great. So get on that Netflix. So uh, Shades, we are talking about this this gem of a show, this little oh gem of goodness. a show, just six episodes, Amazon Prime, very doable. Guys, I'm going to stop you right here and say, if you have not seen it yet, but you have access to Amazon Prime. What are you waiting for? I highly recommend uh, checking the show out. It's, six episodes. It's very good. It's very manageable. And if you don't like it after the first episode, don't finish it. Okay. Yeah. Fine. You're going to finish it. But uh, it's that good. It's, it's so good. And it's not often we get such a manageable series. Uh, r- seriously. Yeah. Six episodes. Um, and really left me hungry for more sketch. I don't think you're going to get any more. I don't think I'm going to get any Which more. Which I like it. about it, but we're going to get there. Well, maybe. We're going to get there. We'll get there. Do you want to start with uh, the history of the Good Omens property? Sure. Before we give our history. In the beginning. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Good Omens began as a collaboration between uh, British authors Neil Gaiman and uh, Terry Pratchett. Neil Mm -hmm. Gaiman, uh, England, and Terry Pratchett, uh, Wales. Published in 1990, it chronicles the adventures of Aziraphale, Angel of the Lord, and Crowley, Demon of Hell, as they work to guide the Antichrist along the straight and narrow in an attempt to avert the apocalypse. That's great, because we also, yeah, we got the the, uh, synopsis, synopsis too. That's great. I love it. The authors had always planned to adapt the yarn into into a venture of a movie or TV, with various directors and writers attached over the years. Uh, None coming to fruition. In 2011, it looked as though a limited series would move forward on the BBC, but it did not. In 2015, Terry Pratchett passed, Mm. uh, no longer with us, and Neil Gaiman refused to ever consider working on an adaptation without him. Really? Yes. So all hope seemed to be lost. Do you have what changed his mind? Yes. Oh! However... After Gaiman received a letter from Pratchett written to be sent after his death. Oh, this is getting cool. This is getting even better than, like, fiction. Gaiman, uh, sorry. I'll try that again. Yes. Uh, So he received a letter written by Pratchett uh, before he died to be sent after his death, urging Gaiman to finish the project. So basically, they were uh, contemporaries, neighbors for a while, and this was like their back and forth that they turned into a book. Uh, They had always planned to write a sequel, but when Neil Gaiman moved to the United States in the late 90s, they just, they never collaborated again. Remained friends, but never collaborated. That'd be like us. Uh, When I moved to the States. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking about it (laughs) one of these days. Okay. I just love friends too much. I'm just here, still here amongst okay. my people. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I love the sauces. 
it's the wrong podcast sketch. Oh, you're right. That's getting sauced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, geeking out with Shady's <sighs> sketch. Shoot. Okay. Let me. Uh, so after receiving that letter, notes. he did in fact uh, move forward with offers that he'd been receiving. The series was announced on January nineteenth, nineteen uh, nineteen ninety seven, two thousand seventeen. Principal photography began in September of twenty seventeen, and it wrapped production in March of twenty. 18. Nice. Now, they had always intended on mm-hmm. creating a sequel. Mm-hmm. And uh, while they're not committed to producing a sequel, if they have the right story, if the stars align, they had mapped out mm-hmm. where the story was going to go. Uh, and so Gaiman has a very good idea of what season two would look like. And David Tennant and Michael Sheen have both said that uh, if Neil Gaiman is involved and the story is good, they're both game to come back. Both actors were amazing. Yes. That wasn't what I was going to say, but they both were amazing. Uh, They both seem to, like, uh, eat this role up. They they both seem to really enjoy doing... Well, interesting, I heard an interview with David Tennant um, on a podcast called Behind the Scenes Mm -hmm. um, recently, and... They're, Michael Sheen and David Tennant are contemporaries. They're very good friends, but they've never worked together mm-hmm. because there's usually only one role for a 30s to 50s white Brit mm-hmm. in a in a piece. Yeah. So they're usually Competing. up against each other for the mm-hmm. role. So this was the first time they've ever gotten to work together. And an interesting uh, a piece about like what roles they've been up for for each other. Michael Sheen auditioned to be the doctor. Oh. David Tennant uh, auditioned to uh, play Michael Sheen's part in both Tron and um, the original Underworld movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, they've, they've never had opportunity to work together, and they enjoyed it quite a bit. So That's awesome. Uh, it's, it's great. If they do move forward this second season, I think we'll get both of them back. I've seen they're really hitting the publicity circuit together. Yes, yes they are. Which is telling that they're not doing it separately. Right. You see that plenty. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, but they're, they're, they're doing it together. And uh, I haven't seen all of it, but from what I have seen, good chemistry, good real-life chemistry. Yes, and uh, just along with that, the series has been out now for over a month. Over a month, yeah. And and they're still doing press for it, yeah, which is great. And that, that just reinforces the fact that they, they genuinely do like each other's company. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know. Yeah. They had plenty of opportunity to get off the train. Absolutely. I, I, I still can't get over the... Um, the post-mortem letter. I know, right? Do you have any letters that are sent to go out in the event of your death? You know, I I don't. Yeah. But before I before I read that and researched for this, I was thinking like, oh man, like if something were to happen to me, how would I like pass on passwords and things? Yeah, yeah. Like so, I I was I have thought about sending like a time released. Yeah. Because you can do that now with like mail servers. If oh, you don't, sure. If you don't log in for a certain number of days, an mm-hmm. email will go out. If you don't like, yeah, technology is amazing. Yeah, you can just like I set have something it to send similar. On. It's not a letter, but in the in the time of my death, my computer is set to self destruct. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm working on some important stuff. important information. We'll be make sure yeah. to get that off the go code. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Perhaps I've said too much. Perhaps. Good omens. <laughs> good on you, good omens. Um, Shades, what's your history with the property of good omens? I saw the the announcement. Um, not even the announcement. I saw... Um, I was I was aware of the book. Um, I never got around to reading it. I still haven't. I'd like to. Um, 
but I saw Neil Gaiman tweeted out a picture of Tennant and Sheen mm-hmm. in their costumes on the first day of filming. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty much all in. There you go. On that, from the time he tweeted it out and, and wanted to learn as much as I could about the project, and I've been eagerly awaiting it um, and you know, did, for two and years. did you watch it? I did. Okay. Start to, I, we binged it. It's an uh, easy one to binge. It is. It's only six episodes, yeah. and I, I feel like we watched it over the course of like it's an two or three days. It's a full evening, but you could do it in an evening. Yeah, I think we did it in like two days. I don't recommend doing it in an evening. No. Um, because you, you can't process what happened in what episode. No, I'm just saying for people who are time crunched. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. It's totally possible. Six hours of media. Yeah. Uh, my history. Yeah, Sketch, what is your history with Good Omens? Is uh, very similar. I, I never even knew of the book. Didn't know anything about it. Uh, the only reason I knew it was coming was because, as our long-term listeners know, uh, David Tennant is one in my top three. Top three. So uh, I follow him on social media. I follow, I follow like, sure, like, his fan like account, fan something. Account. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I and don't believe so, David Tennant himself is on social yeah, media. And I don't blame him. Yeah. I don't blame him at all. He does all. have a, a, a very a, a wonderful podcast. Yeah. I got to give that a listen. I only just, I only just learned about that. Um, maybe if I had listened, it would be my recommendation for this episode. Maybe. But. I can't. In good faith, I can't recommend something I haven't participated in yet. Anywho, uh, so uh, in following those accounts, I saw that he was due out in this, and I had no idea what it was, but I I liked his look in it. And so I was like, well, whatever it is, I'll give it a shot and uh, dropped on Amazon Prime. Luckily, I am a a member of of, uh, Amazon Prime. And uh, basically from the get-go, from the opening, really from the opening, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to like this. All in. I, I'm really going to enjoy this. Yep. And uh, so I, I took in the whole thing, yeah, within like two, three days, like like uh, yep. like you did. And uh, I also would like to read the book now that I'm aware that a book exists yeah. based on this. I'll, I'll just like, uh, along with, not really history for um, the, the property, but... Uh, uh, I, I was raised in the Roman Catholic tradition. Oh, boy. Here we go. Um, so I'll just say, as someone who's fallen off of that wagon, um, happily, this was, this was uh, like, great uh, kind of pseudo-therapy um, for that. And just yeah. the way it treats uh, mysticism and, uh, and organized religion, it's both ref- it's irreverent, but also, at the same time, reverent. Um, and it's like, you can't, you can't create something like this without having a genuine appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in the treatment of, um, particularly, uh, the voice of God. Yeah. I like uh, God. Uh, Francis, Francis McDormand. God uh, kind of fell off towards the end, uh, yeah. which I guess had to had because, to. because um, of what was coming. But, um, yeah, I liked when God was narrated yes. at the beginning. And that was, I mean, so you, you, you have to have an appreciation for what you're when you do something like this mm-hmm. to to um, be able to effectively um, in the voice of God speak so irreverently mm-hmm. about what is happening in the name of God. Yeah, um, so I really appreciated that. And um, it it was really nice to to have a story that was based on this. Uh, mythos that we are all aware of, yes. uh, regardless of uh, believer or non-believer. Ooh. I mean, if you live in the Western world, you right. are familiar with 
these stories already. Yes. Uh, we didn't go that deep into like really obscure biblical no. stories. It no, was no, no, hitting no. on the greatest hits that yes. like anybody of anybody, even of like any faith, would really recognize some of these my, as, as the biggest. My favorite moment was Jesus uh, Noah's Ark. Okay, I loved Jesus. Jesus was, I mean, that was. Oh God, what did what, what did he what, what did he do to to invoke this kind of wrath? He asked them to be nice to one another. Oh, that'll do it. That'll do it. I laughed. I laughed. Was, I I laughed, and that well, was a gruesome scene too. We, that we paused on and a laughed. Heel, on the heel. It just yes, turned because that did. was gruesome, and then it got to be like, oh yeah, yep, well, tongue and cheek. Yes, tongue and cheek. Um, you have to have a sense of humor yes. watching this show. You, you have to have an open mind, uh, but not even like that much of one. It yeah. doesn't take much. It just it just takes you to not be completely stuck. Yes, in your ways. Yeah, which is is just important and in it, general. And it has a fantastic message. But I'm not going to get into that until we get to sure, the and Rays and because because that will that will pepper into one of mine. I agree. Do you have the all important? I do. Internet scores. And, uh, we I need, just, we I need just, like a zinger there. Uh, yeah, stinger. No zinger. No stinger. No, I want a zinger, though. But what you're asking for is called a stinger. No, I mean, isn't a zinger when you have like um, hot lemon water and some sort of alcohol? Uh, uh, I think it's just a tea. Well, there's hot toddy. That's, yeah, that's with whiskey. Guys, welcome to getting sauced with Skage and Sketch. What am I saying? Who's with, the uh, sauced one with, now? Uh, Shades and Sketch. Who's the sauced one now? We're both sauced in two different ways. All right. Shades. I'm drinking tea. Do you There's have... There's nothing in it but honey. Do you have the all-important internet source? I do. I want to... Um, I think this might be our last foray with Metacritic. Wow. Well, Metacritic, it's been a pleasure. Not really, but it's been something having you here. It, yeah, I don't... It, don't it, don't go out of order, but I'll be interested to hear yeah. Metacritic. But you always start with IMDb. IMDb. The all-important internet scores. IMDb gives Good Omens an 8.3. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes, 82. Mm -hmm. Critic score. Fan score, as of today, yeah. looking at it, 100%. Wow. Metacritic. Mm -hmm. Critic score, 66%. Wow. Fan score, 7.1. 98% of Google reviewers liked Good Omens. I know I said it in Spider-Man, but like, what is it with Metacritic? Like, what? I, I, I don't know. Do, I do don't they know. just not like media? It, is, it seems to be a platform of people who review movies for a living but hate movies yeah. and, and television. Which is like, that could be so fun. It could like, be. That could be a fun podcast of like just people who hate movies, like reviewing movies, like good movies. Right. And being like, ugh. That was dumb. Right. Yeah. Rosebud. Eh. Like. You can't handle the truth. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb. People don't talk like that. Like, <laughs> I could get into a podcast like that for like <laughs> 10 minutes. But Metacritic is like abusing power over here. It is. Yeah. It is every bit as bad as Rotten Tomatoes was when I brought them in. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think we need them here anymore. So is this, are we, are we putting it down right now? I, is this the last Metacritic score? I think so. Okay, by Metacritic. I don't think we need them. Now we'll stick with IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes and, and Google. Google. Sure. That's fine, because IMDb, I, I feel, is always fair. Rotten Tomatoes can be a little low, and Google is always a little high. Yeah. We don't need Met. Fuck you, Metacritic. We don't Fuck need you, you, Metacritic. Jesus Christ. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> All right, Shades of Too Geeking soon. Out with Shades and Sketch. What do you give 
Good omens. Well, Sketch, uh, I think this is my second perfect 100%. Very good. Your other one was um, Multiverse? Uh, Spider-Verse? Uh, was that 100%? Yeah, I gave Spider-Verse a perfect 100%. Very, very it good. It might be my third then. I think I gave something else a perfect 100. Oh, answer the call. No. No, it wasn't answer the call? It was not answer the call. Oh, boy. Long-time listeners, if you remember if there was another 100%, because we could easily look back in our notebook, but... We're not going to. not going to do that. We don't uh, edit. Why would we look back in our notebook? <laughs> Sketch, what uh, What do you give? Uh, I did not give it 100, but I did gosh darn love Podcast it. Podcast over. So I gave it a 95. 95, that's, that's great. Gave it a 95. Solid A. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. We'll get into my very teeny tiny minor rants, rants a little bit later. Okay. So let's start with raves, as we always usually do. How many How many raves do you have? I have four raves. I have six. Gosh. Should I go first? Darn it, yeah. Okay, my first. They're probably all going to be mine, too. Possibly. Because it's a short series. Um, the Message. Yeah, I got that. Uh, that is my biggest raid. Uh, we are more than our affiliations, beliefs, and politics, jobs, etc. I, I love that. It's the perfect message for 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you've got, uh, if an angel charged with guarding Eden and the demon that caused the fall can be best friends, there's hope for all of us. Yeah. And, and I just, I love that. And, uh, you know, uh, represented by the, the cold open, maybe the longest cold open in the history of television, coming in at 31 minutes, the beginning of episode three. Wow. Before the credits, 31 oh, minutes before the credits roll. That's the one I told you I think yes. you're really going to like. That was my favorite episode. Yes. Yeah, um, that was amazing. Chronicling Crowley and Aziraphale's friendship literally from the beginning of Man. Yep. They are both there. Wonderful. Yeah. And, and Wow. They must have had so much fun filming that, mm-hmm. and it was just a joy to watch. Yeah. And that's so rare. I wanted more. I wanted more I of really, that. I could do a whole series yeah. of just that. Not enough to like make it a rant. It just it's it's I'm I've left I'm left wanting in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Like they did not Where beat we, a dead horse or anything. And, uh, I could have gone for that. I'm for a whole told series. that that is only uh, alluded to. They like mention. Those things in the book. Oh, so they fleshed them out for the for the story. And I and the, I can see where that adaptation. would ha- yeah, because it was a very visual. It was very visual. It was a very visual, you know, experience. Yeah. And I just I was just tickled pink uh, at both the, uh, the Noah's Ark and the floor. Like Shem, that that unicorn's getting away. Oh, never mind. No, you still, still have go, one. Still have one. Yep. That uh, was that was just wonderful. And then of course the the crucifixion. I um, love this. That, that scene is made me yeah. laugh so hard. I Which mean, is like was, such an odd thing to say if you haven't seen the show. But I mean, it was perfect. It was. It the was delivery absolutely, is like so you know, deadpan. And, uh, and uh, you know, it, in the New Testament, you get the story of the temptation. Yeah. Um, and then the way that they spin it here is, is uh, Crowley, oh, I always liked him. Yeah. yeah, I felt, you know, I kind of felt bad, you know, never got to see the world, you know, grew, you know, he's going to die 20 miles from where he was born. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so just I took a carpenter, him. so I took him on a little trip. I took him on a little trip. Yep. It was a great time. I liked him. And just, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. We, 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 let's talk, well, we'll talk about the two of them sure. in a second, but I'll, I'll back you up on the message because I got a slightly different but similar message to sure. yours. Mine, uh, the message I got out of this whole story was, uh, it, it was, it was an example of the whole nature versus nurture. Oh, and sure. Yeah, that's definitely another big component. The big, the, here's, I, I simply writ, wrote down, allow the world to shape you and you will shape the world. Because that is exactly it's what happened. Deep. They were not, uh, neither of these two characters were um, 
removed from the world. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they're living in amongst with the humans. Yes. And um, before they tried to enact change, they they were changed themselves. Yes. They, they were... Uh, they they grew, and as as these timeless immortal beings, to think that they could grow, right? Uh, whereas their counterparts in heaven and hell did not grow; they, they stayed stagnant. Yes, and that was the problem. That that was the big issue. Uh, these characters not only adapted to their life right. on Earth, but they they grew to love it and appreciate it uh, in a way. They became more human in a good way. Yes. Whereas both the devils and the angels would say it is not good to become human. Right. You've been on Earth, uh, though, that he's been on Earth too long. Yeah. Was the thing they kept saying of Aziraphale. Exactly. And you also saw that in uh, in the Antichrist. Yes. Because here is this being that has been birthed as the son of Satan. Right. Uh, who is meant to bring a, a, upon Armageddon, but through a, a series of, of mishaps. Of uh, unfortunate events, Of if unfortunate you will. events, or if fortunate. you will. Uh, he is placed in the care of just a normal, regular English family, has a, <laughs> a, a very typical upbringing. Oh, man, that was such a, uh, a, a lame, like, device, but it was so funny that they Which, kept, like, uh, uh, Mr. Ambassador, Mr. You know, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick, Offer, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman was parts. the ambassador, yeah. They named their son Warlock. Yes. <laughs> And uh, and 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 our Antichrist, name. even though he is by definition by birth the Antichrist, he's had a normal upbringing with a with a normal dad, and he's a normal kid. And when push comes to shove, it's it's about how he was raised. Yes, not who he was. Yes, and what a GD powerful message, like you said in 2019. That it's more about how you are treated and yeah. how you treat people than who you are by birth and by definition. Yeah, I'll just uh, piggyback off of that again just to burn through some of my raves here. I, I love that a story about Armageddon comes down to a boy and his dog yeah. and his friends. Yeah. And it I, that was like, it was the, the device that they set up early, the hellhound. Yeah. That the hellhound takes on the personification like of whatever the the antichrist desires mm-hmm. and his true nature is revealed and and dog yeah he just names a dog <laughs> just name his name is dog uh is is just a, a puppy yeah. that wants his belly rubbed just a good little boy just a good little it's like and you know the hellhound that's supposed to rip the flesh from man and just is just a regular old dog that wants to like sleep on the bed and have his belly rubbed yeah and i thought that that was that you know he, he was basically he was basically adam was essentially charlie brown yeah and it was basically Charlie Brown and Snoopy. And it was so lovely. I mean, we already said there's going to be spoilers, but when the big climax comes, when it's Satan coming to Earth. Yeah. And in that moment, the the Antichrist, Adam, has all the power. Yes. That basically whatever he wills will become reality. Yes. And he sees Satan coming up through the ground and is basically like, I have a dad. Yeah. You're not my dad. And because that is what he believes. Right. And he has all the power to bend reality to to him. Right. He's no longer the Antichrist. He's no longer the Antichrist. He defeats defeats the devil without even intending to defeat the devil. Just just by good nature. I want my dad. And and appreciating his, his earthly family. Everything is right in the world. Yep. Like literally. Literally. Everything, Everything is, right, is, right, in is right in the world. I mean, the message in this is, before you get all thinking it's going to be silly or disrespectful right. or whatever, it's incredibly poetic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
It's fantastic. I mean, there's a there's a reason that's in the the story has endured. Yeah, and is now a, a you know groundbreaking and and much beloved television series. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Give us. Oh, oh, I hit my mic, but I'm good. That's okay. Um, it's cramped in this bookstore. It is. It, I mean, it's you know just thousands of years of this ain't no Barnes and Noble. Folks. It's not. No, this episode not brought to you. And Barnes it's an Noble. interesting curation. Uh, Scheme. Yes. There seems to be no rhyme or reason to it. I do love a good corner store. Yeah, it is. Like, there's something to a good corner store. Yep. That's all I can say. This episode brought to you by corner stores. (laughs) You got another rave? Because I kind of took over. I I, I have many raves. Um, I'm going to bounce around. Uh, Let's see. Ah, okay. Uh, Crowley's Bentley and Aziraphale's Bookshop, mm-hmm. uh, respectively. Uh, in the book, it's a 1924 Bentley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil Gaiman has said he that is due to his uh, lack of knowledge of cars when he was writing. Mm-hmm. Um, he meant to all. It was always meant to be a 1934 Bentley. Of course. Um, of course. That was the look he wanted. And Aziraphale's bookshop, what they represent to each of them about life, humanity, and existence. Uh, Aziraphale, he values knowledge and the story. He's a man of peace. Um, and, and he, you know, he's the chronicler. He just likes to observe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like he basically the collected history of, of man through writing. Yeah. And art and what Crowley ventures is, is it, freedom and adventure, driving fast and hard, literally. Uh, he's essentially uh, the rock star of hell, mm. um, and and you know the uh, experience of driving and the freedom that comes with that literally has changed the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so those those were two. It was an interesting way to um, embody uh, you know those characters. It was a way for us to learn about those characters yeah. without giving us you know episode upon episode upon episode, and, and just you know. When the when the the Bentley is destroyed oh, and the bookstore boy. is burned, yeah. it's it really is Armageddon for those. That that mm-hmm. is what makes Armageddon real for both of them. Yes, it does. And um, and they re- the well, the, I, those, I love those it. two things. I'm, I'm grieving. Give me a moment. He's just like spinning, spinning the crank, crank to yeah. the to the Bentley. Those two things are most palpably and physically their ties to Earth. Earth, yes. And so when those two things are destroyed. Um, even though they've been working to avoid Armageddon all along, uh, shit gets real. Yes. That's when things get, yes, get serious. Those are, the, those are their two earthly connections. Yes. The wings come out, yes. shall you say. They, they do. And they indeed do. They do. They indeed do. Well, I'll, I'll carry on what you're saying. And I will just say that, um, when talking about Aziraphale and Crowley, their design, their yes. costuming, and the general aesthetic yes. of them and their environments and the way they're framed in shots and what they eat. And, like, yes. everything is, like, so perfectly consistent across the whole series. They never stray from character. Like, they're written and performed dutifully and beautifully. That they okay. are just these wonderful embodiments of heaven and hell, but not to the extreme. Not to the extreme that makes both of those dangerous to right. humans. And I, I loved it. Like, it was <laughs> yeah. just, like, just, like, the art direction. It just, like, it enriched the story so much, visually. In a short series where you only have so much time, a picture can paint a thousand words. And so, Absolutely. Yeah. you know, they're using those visuals so smartly in this, in this, uh, in this series, this mini-series. Yeah. Uh, 
I will, I will, my next rave, I'll go to the the cast all around. Uh, Tenant and Sheen are brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but as is Michael McKean as Witch Hunter Sergeant Shadwell. Mm-hmm. I love Michael McKean. Um, David St. Hubbins from This Is Spinal Tap, and he was also in the, the Short Circuit movies. Um, just a great comedic actor. Um, and he, he brought a real gravity and levity at the same time. And uh, I just really enjoyed uh, that character. But also um, John Hamm as, as, you know, the corporate ass mm-hmm. uh, of, you know, upper middle management. Yeah. He Angel was great. Gabriel, he was Gabriel, right? So, he was Gabriel. Yeah, he was Gabriel. And yeah. like, how fitting, like the the Ameri- an American yeah. representing uh, heaven. You have these two Brits that, that are, you know, hey, there doesn't need to be a war. Of course there needs to be a war. Yeah, I loved and Gabriel. He was he was perfect in that role. I loved him as a character that you that you didn't love. Yes. You know what I mean? He was very, he was easy to not like. Yes. He played it so well. He and, was easier to not like than the uh the head devil, whoever that was. Oh yeah. I didn't recognize that actor. I didn't either. Um but Although, to be fair, got less screen time than Gabriel. Yeah. Because Crowley wasn't really going to hell the way um what's his name? Aziraphale Aziraphale was going, was going to, heaven. to heaven for like because that's just their characters. Yeah. A rebel and a rule follower. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I'll also say that uh, Jack Whitehall as um, uh, Newton Pulsifer was excellent. Um, he was timid. Remind me. Um, he, the witch hunter. Oh, the initiate. The initiate. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, the love interest of Anathema Device. Yep. And then uh, also... Um, Adria Arana as a, a anathema device. She, I mean, she was excellent. I'll combine these these two raves uh, into that. Uh, she was the perfect combination of strong and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And we've we've talked about other properties where they try and portray like strong feminist character, and it, it just doesn't work because it winds up being doesn't like, feel real. Doesn't feel real, or they wind up like writing this. Uh, being a strong woman on screen sometimes is representative of just doing something a guy would say or do. Mm-hmm. And and this was this was very real and uh she was kind but also courageous. She was uh you know clearly like a strong modern woman, a feminist if that's the ter- term you want to use, but she was also accessible to the other characters around her mm-hmm. uh and accepting of the kids and uh you know something we don't see. I, I mean, what I wrote here was she's the doctor we needed, but not the doctor we deserve. Whoa, shots fired. Um, <laughs> I mean, if if we're going to, and we haven't done a, a full Doctor Who episode. We have plenty of time. This, of the first uh, season of the new era of Who. But in terms of like Chris Chimble's writing of the doctor and Neil Gaiman's writing of Anathema Device, I mean, Anathema is essentially the doctor of this story. Yeah, she's no the observer context. that's not directly involved, but is tr- uh, you know just doing whatever is necessary to to save as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. That's what the doctor does. Um, so I, I I just love that character, and she was just so um, perfect for that role, and just brought a a real accessibility to it, and also seemed to really understand that character well. Yeah. Good on you. Thank you. Good on you. Um, I did. I love the prophecies. I mean, speaking oh. of her. But I mean, I love that in anything. Uh, a twist of a pro- prophecy. 
but yeah, only seeing how it comes to light after it's come yes, to light. Yes, and the, and the, there was like a, a controlled frenzy to her and the prophecies that mm-hmm. was very Doctor esque. I thought, yeah, and it was driving her a bit mad. That I mean, they were un they were unable to be deciphered. I mean, that's just the nature of prophecies, especially these prophecies. And it's only kind of in retrospect that you're like, oh, right. I mean, the only two who really got it dead on right were um, Aziraphale and and Crowley. And Crowley. They they read the last prophecy and yes. knew exactly what they had to do, which I loved. Yes. Which I loved. It was, well, it was, it was meant for them. It was meant for them. What was the woman's name? The witch? Anathema Device. No, 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 oh, not uh, her. Agnes Nutter. Agnes the Nutter. The nice and accurate pro- prophecies of Agnes right, Nutter. That's the full title the, of, of, the of Good Omens. Yeah. Um, bringing it back to our, our two main protagonists, let's just talk about their friendship. And how it evolved over the years, and and how just wonderful it was, and we we talk about this a lot in a lot of different properties. How how wonderful it is to see a show that is hinged so heavily on just the idea of friendship. friendship. And it sounds so simple, and it sounds so, but it's complicated. Uh, but it's complicated. But it's also like, well, if it's so easy, how come not a lot of people do it well? Yeah, you know. And this was a very real depiction of. Two very different people finding out that they're not that different. <laughs> yeah. I, and that they care for each other. And even though by definition they're told they shouldn't care. Well, about and each also other. they care for each other with all, also at the same time without necessarily liking each other. Mm-hmm. And that's a great moment where where they do kind of have their breakup or or what you know, I'm I'm I have to do what heaven wants of me. Yeah. And and Carl's like F that, we're on our side. I think yeah. he says that at one point. It was like, you're you're on, we're on different sides. And he's like, we're on our own side. Yeah. We're on the side of us. And like, we like the world. We have to save it. And and I think his retort to that is like, I don't even like you. Yeah. And it's, and it, and it's, but they, he, but he does care about it. And even that's though he doesn't fair. like it. That's yeah. fair and realistic. And it is. true that you don't always even have to like the person that you care about. And even if you do like them, you're not going to like them all the time. All the time, yes. And uh, you can be so, such different, different people, but still be brought together. Because they weren't even brought together by the Armageddon. No, they were brought together in the garden. And and they their friendship grew through just their appreciation of this world. Yes. And the different things that this world could provide. And then, you know, Crowley's always tempting and 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 Aziraphale's always trying to guide in the right way. They're they're each still their own person. I don't know if it was in the first episode or if it was at the beginning of episode three. Crowley being a demon, you know, he the he, the reason he wears the sunglasses because he has demon eyes and yeah. like the light hurts them. I don't remember if it was the first episode or episode three, but when they're looking out over the garden, that's uh, the first episode. Aziraphale shades. Yeah, it starts raining and and uh, shades him. What happens is, is the uh, as humans are cast out of the garden yes. of Eden, rain starts falling like like yeah, and then the rain starts falling. And Aziraphale, being the angel, the nice yep. guy, despite this being his polar opposite yes. and his mortal enemy, shields him with his with, his, with wing. his wing to keep yep. the, the the water off of the demon. Yep, and it was um, it was as simple as that. It was as simple as that, and. How do you get more good than that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like the archangels in heaven oh, are, are like douchebags. the epitome of good, but awful. But uh, good without 
how do I put this? They're good because they were told they were good. They're good by, by, by just, again, the nature versus nurture. Right. They're good because they have no choice yes. in being good. They're good because they believe themselves. But there's to also be good. nothing good about them. Right. Right. Like Crow- Crowley is, by definition, more good or better 100%. Than, than Michael and Gabriel. 100%. Yeah. Um, especially because they are on the earthly realm. Yes. And so they have a broader sense of what it is to be good and it is to be bad. Otherwise, it's a very um, juvenile, very immature idea of what it is to be good and bad. It's just good and it's just bad. So uh, um, I, there is a there's a hierarchy of um, from like way back in my undergraduate days when, when, during adolescent psychology. I don't know if they made you take that. No. Nope. Uh, they made me take it. Egyptology uh, did not need you. They didn't make you take that. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Um, So adolescent psychology. One of the things you look at the uh, the hierarchy and the the different properties of of why people do the things they do. Well, we're we're unpacking it now. We are. But it's like so. There's like um, at at the bottom of the scale is selfishness, Mm -hmm. and at the top of the scale is altruism, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's something like. Only 15% of the population ever makes it to altru- altruism. Most people end at fear of reprisal. Mm-hmm. So, like, and just an example of this is driving. Yeah. Right? So, why do people do the speed limit? Well, some people do the speed limit because they're afraid they're going to get pulled over and get a ticket. Mm-hmm. And some people drive within the speed limit because not doing so with, like, a hundred other cars on the road is reckless mm-hmm. and you may kill someone. Mm-hmm. That being altruism. Uh, and uh, only 15, it's estimated only 15% of the population ever actually gets there. Most of us are stuck at, well, if I do this, I'm going to get in trouble. I still think that's high. I mean, our society is, is uh, boy, we're really getting into it. We are. Guys, welcome to getting into it. <laughs> getting, with, with, getting real with Shades getting and real Sketch. With shades and Sketch. Uh, I mean, the way, the way our society and our... Um, our system of laws is set up is really to cater to the majority of people who yes. are selfish are, little bastards. Yeah, who are afraid of uh, repercussions. Listen, I'll be honest. When I'm driving, my for me, I'm 100. I just don't want to get a ticket. Like that's 100 me. Um, because typically, I feel, I think, like a lot of people who are selfish. Because I'm probably still in that selfish thing. That like, yeah, I could handle it. Like I could still drive safely at five miles over, 10 miles over. But I'm like, ah, I don't want to risk the ticket. And that situation, I'll admit it. I'm there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In other, in other areas of my, my life, though, I try very much to look at other people. Sure. And, and look out for other people. And uh, some might say too much. Some might, some might some say. Some might say too much. Yeah. Do you have any other raves for good sure, omens? Sure, sure. Um, I do. Because you've pretty much taken all of mine, so you I'm might sorry. as well just take the rest. Um, I, this is like so silly that I wrote this down, but I found it so um, so wonderful. Uh, Agnes Nutter's nice and accurate prophe- prophecies, uh, they're clever, they're funny, and I, I like that she wrote one specifically for Aziraphale. Yeah. Like, as is, as the, the, as is Coco got cold or the cocoa was still hot or something like that. Yeah. 
Um, it's was, so it's so there was um, no reason for that. No reason. Just, I I loved that that Aziraphale got his very own prophecy. There is still uh, you, listen. We're going we're going hard and we're going deep into the message and the philosophy and everything. But there are still these moments of whimsy. Yeah, and that's a moment of whimsy. It really is, and there's no reason for it other than like. Let's not forget to have fun. Let's not forget to have fun, but that was the thing that in Aziraphale's whole life probably meant the most to him. Yeah. He was a part of the story. Yeah. Like, he he was a part of humanity. Yeah. He was part of the book. Something yes. that he's always looked yes. at from the outside. And it was, his bookshop was filled with books written by and about other men. Yep. And he was finally in one of the books. Yeah. And like that meant the world to him. It did, and and so they're like there was no, re- you know, we hear often hear like um, how authors love their characters and care about their characters. Like that's the epitome of, yeah. of like liking and caring about yeah. your character. Yeah, they're as real to you as anyone else. Yep, and you care for them. And um, I'm trying to think, I know Crawley had something similar for him. Not that not prophecy related, but he di- he did have that kind of care given to him by uh, by the author that that made me that made me feel like I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember exactly what it was either. I mean, he had that real heart to heart moment where he was he was like he was basically like I'm not evil. Like yeah, it was like, you know, I, like I, I just I just hung around with the wrong people. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't fall. I just. Uh, I happened to be in the wrong. Pl- I was with the wrong people at the wrong time. Yeah, and you and you felt for him. Yeah, like you hurt for him in that in that moment. And uh, oh, hey, I know what it is. It was uh, with the plants trying oh, to get the plants yeah, to grow. Yeah, yeah, trying to get the plants to grow. And like, see, there's there's that moment of like wanting to be the nurturer. Yes. and just like wanting to be. And in the end, at the end of the day, I mean, he saved. He saved everybody. Every plant. I almost said a lot of people, but he literally saved everybody. Everybody as a team. As a team, like friends do. A unit. Like friends do. Well, like I said, you have taken all of my sorry raves. So do you have any other raves? You I, want to I do? don't I don't have any other raves. Oh. I kind of like combined a bunch of them together. Well, the thing is, it's 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 tough. We're trying to hit the big themes, the big raves, because it's a short, short series. I mean, they're just, they're so... Um, I, I, Without I, giving too much away. I loved um, the progression of, of Adam... And uh, and his friends, yeah. and and going from control back to participant in like abuse of power and uh, like an understanding and growth of power, kind of in the same way we we're talking about with Spider Man, yeah. Um, and that whole you know his friends standing up to him, but then also his friends like essentially becoming the new Horseman, mm-hmm. like to understand like okay, you messed up, but in the end, like we're your friends, we're here for you, yeah. Um, and it goes back to to the message that I said. Yes, it does. It, it's exactly. the world around you. Yes, it's the world around you that's shaping you before you should attempt to shape the world. Yes, not that he was even intending at the very beginning to shape the world. No, but then it started to the power started getting going to, him so much of his head. Bit. But once yeah. again, the people he surrounded himself with, the 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 family and the friends that he had chosen. Yes, grounded him, burned right back to the earth. Guys, were you expecting? Such a heartfelt, <laughs> in-depth look. Uh, 
a good omen. I also um, very much enjoyed um, Aziraphel and Crowley trying to like shape Warlock. Oh my god! Like when uh, Crowley shows up as the, as nanny. the nanny. Oh Holy my. shit! I lost it. I think that was the moment when I was like, <laughs> I'm all in. Like I am yes. all in when David Tennant shows up as a, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes, basically. basically, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this is. And then uh, Aziraphale has like the he's the like the, the, the homely gardener, gardener. Yeah, yeah, the homely gardener, and uh, all for nothing because it's the wrong kid. <laughs> it's the wrong kid. They spent like ten years of their lives doing that, and it was just the wrong kid. Just a waste of time. Or, I would, I would like to to like follow up and see how that kid's doing. I know, you know right? like after that, that kid was like such a d bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You feel bad for him too because like he's being essentially like groomed. Yes. And they and they ruined his life. Yeah, yeah. He like we, he'll be neither good nor bad. Yep. Blank slate. He can go either way. He'll be what he'll be. Too much. Oops. 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 With great power. No responsibility. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't say it. All right. Well, Not you finished. you don't have any rants. I have no rants. But I do. Um, I mean, and this is a good time to transition. Similar to yourself, rants. I would say I I want more. Yeah, I mean I want more too, but, but that isn't the, even one of my rants. At the same time, I love that they set up a sequel and then immediately dashed it. Yeah, they literally lit it on fire. Yes. Yeah. Um, my my rants are minor because it's only five uh, percent of my score. Would sure. Be, would yeah. be rants. What do but you, got? you you brought up the horseman. Yes. And so I, I'd like to talk about the horseman for okay. a second. Actually, yeah. I that might be a rant for me. I did not get enough horsemen. I loved their look. I loved the um their backstory, like where they came from, what yeah. they embodied, and I I did feel like poof, they're gone. Yes. And and I and I did love how they were defeated by the children. Like yes. each one of the children stood up to one of the horsemen, but the the horsemen never did enough. For the kids defeating them to feel like that big of a victory. Does that make sense to you? It does. They were uh, they were threatening through definition only. Yes. I, I did not see what the I evidence. What I did like about the horsemen um, was that there were, some of them were replacements mm -hmm. for the, the things that man no longer feared. Yep. And, and so um, disease was replaced by pollution. pollution. Um, and then also... Um, but there was still uh, war and yep, death. War and death. And, and then the famine. There's still famine. Famine. He uh, owned uh, a new, it was so clever. I loved it. He owned like a new like fast food eatery. Yes. But it wasn't food. It was like something else. I forget. Yeah. You couldn't call it food because it actually had no substance right. to it. Uh, so it was actually people were gorging on it, but it was giving them nothing. Yes. Loved it. Yes. That's what I mean. I wanted more of that. And like pollution was cool. Right. And I love the idea of her, but like let's use her a little more. Let's right. let's I don't know. Yeah, there was nothing there was nothing to them. And then Death shows up and Death is sick. Like yeah. he's really cool. And they looked freaking fantastic. I love like, the, the what a, each the motorcycles that they rode yes. as well. That yeah. was And they're each unique. Yes. And that's it. That's the modern take on the on the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Loved him. So in that, I yeah, said that like, was weak. Like I wanted more of like the back and forth between Crowley and Aziraphale, like in their ages. But I got enough to be happy. Sure, I didn't get enough to be happy with the right. with the horseman. I was uh, I read an interview actually doing some of the research for this, and it was um, 
it was a choice uh, by Neil Gaiman, who was also the showrunner mm-hmm. for this. Um, I think this is the first time he's been the showrunner. Um, that he had to cut something to make mm-hmm. it fit in six episodes. Yeah. And he didn't want to cut any of Terry's stuff. No. Uh, that he contributed, so he was happy to cut the horsemen. Because in the book, I yeah. guess, there's more than four horsemen. Oh, really? Um, they haven't retired. They've just added. Yeah, they've added more. Yeah, and they had a much bigger role in the book. Listen, I don't. I wouldn't want him to cut anything out of it. Yeah, I just question these days. Why it was, why, it was why, why why must it be six then? Yeah, if it, if it would take seven to tell the full story, there's nothing holding you back, right? From that these days, it's just. I mean, I assume that the number six came from Amazon. We want a six episode series. I don't know. That's a guess. That's I, would, I would agree. Or maybe yeah. the BBC. Or the BBC. Whoever. It seems like the BBC the probably style. produced it and Amazon was the distributor. Yeah. If I had to Take wager. a swing. Yeah. Take a swing. Woo! There it goes. I mean, that's how these things work. Like, yeah. some production studio films puts up the money and then they look for a distributor if they can't find a terrestrial. Well, no one they, uh, distributes better. Than Amazon? Than Amazon. It's true. I was uh, I was surprised that they didn't make the delivery guy an Amazon. Yeah, guy. yeah. I, I thought, thought that, that was too. such a oh, it's so an sad. obvious. I was so sad when he died. I know, but at least he's he back. also he also got to come he, back. He got to come back. I him. was so sad for I was, that was heartbreaking. Yeah, because like, he was he, just a guy. He was just a guy Someone, doing his job. Someone's gonna make the deliveries. Yeah. Someone's got to do it. And like a good guy. Yep. Like the good guy human. Because they they set it up. For, for the viewer to think he was evil. Right. Oh, yes, they did. He was just a yeah, normal because he's delivering guy. packages to the four horsemen, basically, uh, like, turning them on. Yes. Like, activating them, making them appear. Just just makes the deliveries. And like so together. everybody everybody gets their tool. Yeah. And then to summon death, what do they get? He gets hit by a truck. He gets killed. Yeah. Ah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, okay, my other rant, um, and you'll probably argue me on this one okay. a little bit, just because of what you were saying earlier, but... I never latched on to the human protagonist the way I did Aziraphale oh, and okay. Kelly. So, um, and specifically, I'm talking about not the kids and not um, not the older two, not the older couple, but like the... Anathema and... Yes, yes. I never, and it's like the horsemen. I never got enough of them to really start rooting for them. Okay. I think that was by design. Okay. Um, so uh, anathema literally is like an older term for excommunication, mm-hmm. like banished. Um, and they they actually save the Earth from nuclear uh, Armageddon. They sa- Yeah, they save the world from the actual act of, uh, uh, destruct- of destruction. Yes. Um, and uh, and without and them, Adam, that still would have had. So oh, the world would have no, been I, saved, I, but it would be a barren, barren yes, wasteland. No, I, I definitely um, see that. I definitely yeah, see that. Yeah, they were they were like the C plot. Yeah. Yes. They, yes. They were like the C plot. They were they were literally just a device to deliver the prophecies unto mm-hmm. Aziraphale and mm-hmm. and uh, and Crowley. And I guess for me, what makes it the slightest of the rant is that when I was watching their scenes, in the back of my head, it was always, all right, let's get back to A and B. I was like... Interesting. I was like always ready for A and B. I was always always wondering what was happening with Anathema. Interesting. 
Yeah. I certainly liked her more than him. Yeah. I mean, his big contribution was that uh, anything he touches technology-wise, basically. Computers, yes. Yeah, just, Any computer just he touches kaputs. immediately shuts off. Yeah. Um, okay. Like. I have a big question about that's, that. That's fine, I suppose. Uh, but, like, you know, it's not much. It was it was definitely the weakest of the stories, even less compelling than um Shadwell. Yeah, like by the by the end of Shadwell's journey, I was like, okay. <laughs> I love that I'm, he thought, I'm, I'm I love that he thought he had a death touch. Yes. Like, like that was amazing. By 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 the end of his journey with the with the woman, yes. you know, who has Aziraphil in her body, yes. basically. Uh, I was like, okay, I like how they've gotten to this point. I, I like how they've arrived here, and I like what's happened to these two characters. You should be two people again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, whereas, I guess with the other two, I didn't see as big of a journey. Uh, okay, there, uh, there wasn't as the, big of a journey, the yeah. From there wasn't a, as big of, from, of a journey. From begin to end with the two of them, um, yep. not, not, a, not a big enough journey. In, in a show of journeys. big journeys. Yeah. Minor rants. I mean, Minor. even though I've listed these two things, they don't, they're not powerful. They they don't take away the greatness of the show. They're just little things that, you know, I'm I'm a professional. I'm a professional. I got to sit down. I got to call him like I see him. I guess I, I will, if I did have a rant, um, Shadwell's story had literally no consequence to the overall uh, journey, except for, except for to uh, be the device by which Aziraphale perished. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean that and and uh, and complete happenstance. Yes, he was he was certainly the human of of like you said happenstance. Yes, like just kind of bubbling his along. Life happened to him. Life happened to him, and, but through his presence, things happened. Yes, uh, uh, you were issued a uh, a body and a flaming sword. Uh, you're late, and you are in possession of neither. Uh, heaven, but both heaven and hell, Ugh. both like I wouldn't want to be in either no. of those two places. They both looked horrible. Ev- they're every shitty corporation that's ever existed yeah. any- anywhere. Yeah, yeah, they really were. They were like corporations. That's yeah. exactly what it was. And um, I love it. Just a small thing, but telling. I mean, God was never present in heaven. No, nor was Satan in hell. And nor was Satan in hell. Yep. I mean, it was it was underlings yep. running the show, and. Uh, Taking it in the wrong, Ooh, wrong yeah. direction. Yes, for as bad as we. Well, I mean, yes, that's that's another message. You know. Yep. Follow the wrong people. You you go down the wrong path. Wrong path. Yeah. Guys, did you it's think great. we were gonna get this deep in the show? What a great show! What the f? Uh, Shays, do you have any big questions? I do. I have three big questions. Wow. Do you have any big questions? Yeah, I got two. Should yeah. I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um. Okay. Just for clarification, uh, Sergeant Witch Hunter Shadwell yes. was both Crowley and Aziraphale's quote-unquote people? Yeah, he was. But neither of them knew that? Correct. Okay. Was Did Shadwell know that he worked for both? He I, he definitely knew that he worked for both, but he didn't know like who he was working right. for. Okay. Um, but... I mean, I I understand how he came to be working for Crowley. I don't understand how he came to work for Aziraphale. I don't either, but it was established that he was he was um, kind of the ears on the ground. Yes. who for both know, of them. For both, yeah, definitely for both of them. 
Um, did Aziraphale, he reported to both. Did Aziraphale and Crowley know that he worked for both of them? No, I don't think they ever okay. did. Uh, maybe now, at the very well, end. Yeah, at the very end. Um, but when each of them was calling upon shall him... We, shall we put our people on them? Yeah. See, and like you say, he was happenstance. Like, yes. like he was, you know, just coincidence that he ended up working for both of them. He yeah. was he was their boots on the ground. But yeah, I don't think either of them knew that he was the extent of both of their people. <laughs> Which again is like... What a, what a message. Like these, these beings, these entities that are so powerful and they're relying... Their their hands yes. are 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 the like least capable are like children's hands. Yeah. It would be like it, it's like a surgeon coaching a five year old through a surgery. Like, <laughs> and uh, but you know what? Everything ended up as it should. Can can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if that's how how uh, the universe actually worked? I know. And I mean, that's uh, that, so many messages. Can, this, <laughs> like the message, their message there is that, you know what? Don't worry because things like this could be happening and it's as it should be. So everyone just chill. Bananas. Everyone just it calm is, down. It is, just, yep. it is cocoa bananas. For all of the warring and all of the disagreements right? and for all right? of the. The 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 arguing over the, the the how close one another is to the truth. It all comes down to this. Like this guy who it all comes down to Michael McKean. Yeah, who who just like you wouldn't you wouldn't trust <gasps> to like watch of your dog and hell. Yeah, well, fantastic. And it all works out. And it all works out. Sure. When it when it came right down to it, he was exactly where he needed to be, and he did exactly <laughs> what he needed to do. And it's like th- there's the faith in the show. But like, yes, you just have faith that things will will turn out as as needed. Sure. Um, speaking of him, real roundabout. I really did like. Um, oh, I just loved Nutter. Was that her name? Agnes Nutter. Agnes Nutter. I love how like that that episode where the 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 mob comes together and she's and like, she, "You're late," yep. and she just marches out to the to the stake to be burned and comes to find out that she's filled her her bloomers with gunpowder so she Kills takes her everyone and the out. entire town. I loved that. Yeah. I love cuz you know what 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 would what would a quote unquote witch who can see the future actually right. do if they're about to be burned by the right, stake? Right. I love it. That's, That's exactly what she would do. Thou shalt not commit adultery falsifier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was great. Oh, uh, this uh, this show has His parents should be shot. Um Oh, it's my big question. It is your it? big question. I I'll think tr- this is a. I think I'll this, try and give you a big. Edge. This is. I think this is an opposite. But uh, when the true Armageddon comes, because obviously this was not the true Armageddon, right? It didn't didn't happen, right? Um, are we to believe now that the battle, the great battle at the end of times, will not be between good and evil, but will be between the divine and the humans? Oh. Uh. Because and when I say wow. the divine, I mean I mean both. I yeah. mean so I mean the 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 immortal, shall I say, sure. the immortal and the humans. Uh, because when you look at this series and the way they've painted both sides, they are so identical yeah. to the same sides of the same coin that it's really truly humanity that is counter yes to their divinity divinity. And um, yes, and the follow-up question is: Is it safe to assume that Aziraphale and Crowley will be leading the humans? Yes, and fighting for the humans. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, because the world has shaped them. Yes, 
and they will they will fight for the world. I was, uh, and I and I truly believe that in this universe, this that is this God's plan. The, okay. That the, that these two Aziraphale and Crowley are meant to be where they are, soaking in humanity and soaking in the world, standing between humanity and yes, yes, Armageddon. Yes. Okay. I truly believe that's, and that's why she gets quiet towards the end. Okay. Because they're stepping up more. They're 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 filling in. They're telling the story now. I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Um. This is not one that I wrote, wrote down, but I'm gonna, oh, maybe you can shed some light on it. Sure. Uh, why? Good pun, by the way. Thank you. Shed some light. Uh, Aziraphale yep. is gifted mm-hmm. a flaming sword. Flaming sword. Flamio, Hotman. Y- yes. He says that at one point. He, no, he doesn't. Oh, gosh, no. That was, that was not this, but he should have. That was another um, deity. Was, was it intended for Aziraphale to be one of the horsemen of the apocalypse? Ooh, that's a good question. That is a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that flaming sword has biblical reference. I mean, I know Yes, that, it does. Yeah, but I mean, St. Michael has the, the sword in biblical uh, times, and that in sheathing it, it means the, the end of God's wrath. Uh, but... Is Aziraphale again? I, you know, I, 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 I hearken back to what I just said about God's plan for these 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 two beings. I think it's as as she intended it to be. I I, I want to see the story of how the sword made it to where it made, made it, it from to one of the horsemen's. Yeah. Uh, that was wars, right? War had it. Yeah. War had it. Yeah. Um, I, I love when it shows back up. Uh, didn't that used to be yours? Yeah. Because oh. war, war couldn't have existed, uh, obviously. Uh, I guess none of them existed so, until they were kicked out of, of the Garden of Eden. Right. So was. And so when I guess war was birthed probably in the blood uh, that was spilled from the flaming sword, and and uh, she took it. Okay, that'd be my guess. So I guess, yeah, I guess my question is: was was it was Aziraphale originally intended to be the Horseman of War? So I will say no. Okay, only because I, 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 it's so counter his his being, regardless of what happens right. to him. Um, but I do think it was intended to go to him so that it would eventually end up where where it was where it was for the Horseman of War. Okay. Um. Because he's the last angel to give that sword to. Yeah. Give him a book or give him, give him a pen, a flashlight, or a moleskin notebook. Sure. A spoon. Oh, yeah. You know? A teaspoon. Because he would be like, if, if he would be an anti uh, horseman, he's the anti famine. Oh, he, oh, he loves, loves the, He loves the sweets. Loves you the know? sweets. Um, so, yeah, because what, what did they say towards the end? Like, uh, God's plan is unerring. Right and it, yes, and it's and it's just like well, it's incomprehensible. You can never know, right? And so I think it was all just part. <laughs> I think it was all just part of this plan. That sword was going to end up exactly where, where it, it did, but it would have only ended up that way if Aziraphale lost it, right? And no other angel would have lost it. <laughs> no, no other angel had pity enough on humans to right. to go. Okay, you're going out into this dangerous wilderness. You should have this. You should have this. 
I like that. Upon, immediately upon leaving the garden. Yeah. There's a tiger. Kill, kill the tiger. <laughs> just wait. Just the tiger. A, there's a tiger yeah. immediately upon and leaving it's the like garden. just in the background. Yep. It's just like right there, just like coming after Adam and Eve. Yeah, that was great. Fantastic. Um, okay, here's my next question. Uh, so like you said, the original book was written in 1990. Yes. And it made perfect sense that Pestilence retired and was re- replaced by Pollution because, you know, it's all about the downfall of humanity and right. and in the 90s you know we're we're dealing with major medical advancements yes but we're also dealing with the rise of pollution and the destruction of, of the natural world so yes. it makes sense that pestilence retires and pollution takes its place my question is if the book were written today Ooh. do you think pestilence would have still retired or would they have instead their their humanity's Deception, would they have been the leader of the anti vax revolution? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that just, it, it, it's almost I like know. it's written for. And uh, just, just, the role uh, of, of, just a reminder uh, if there are any anti vaxxers still listening to our podcast, fuck you. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, just, it's just irresponsible. But I mean, the fact that it's like gaining traction is should Still, is like is like a sign. I mean, of like the horseman of pestilence. I I, I hate to bring real world we, into our yeah, world. but I mean, we live in a universe in which a for we're we're basing a whole movement essentially on the ra- ravings of a former Playboy playmate. Mm-hmm. Uh, with no scientific credibility whatsoever. Did you know I've, I've known so little of the movement that I, uh, I literally yesterday I learned that she has been like the, the, the yes, like the leading voice, the leading voice of the anti-vaxxer. Movement. And I was like, if you don't know, wow. if you don't know who we're talking about, Jenny McCarthy, uh, very vocal on the fact that uh, she she believes a vaccine gave her son autism. Yeah, and um, which is just. It's irresponsible. Irresponsible. Uh, it's it's using. Uh, it's, it's, why it's, why are we entertaining this? To person? bring it back just to the Spider Man, she's mysterioing it. Yes, she's controlling the narrative, and 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 the the, the scary thing is that guys, so uh, many people are following. But polio and measles have returned, and that's why two I'm diseases saying, we eliminated in the last fifty years. That's why I'm saying if if the book were re if it were it were yeah. if it were written the anti-vaxxer now, uh, yes. I don't think pestilence would have been no no longer a fear. I think right. it would be a legitimate. Yep. It, oh look, pestilence is gaining traction again. Like it would almost be like you could see the horsemen like talking, right? Like you know, like at that diner where they show up and being like right. pestilence. I've seen your recent work lately. Yes. You are really coming back in a big way. Like good job, pestilence. <sighs> so you agree that I, pestilence I, would not be retired? I agree, pestilence would not have retired. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think pestilence retired in the book. I think Gaiman shaved down the number of horsemen. Mm-hmm. I think they had more. From what I read, there were more than four. Mm-hmm. There were six to ten. Well, it's nice in the such such short Based on series. My understanding, yeah. We all know the four horsemen, so yes. it, like it's you don't have to explain why there's more or anything like that. Like yeah, yeah. one retires and one takes its place. Guys, please, please vaccinate please your vaccinate children. Children, please. Like all of them, Doodle is vaccinated. Oh, this be- could before we get the fantastic. tweets and the fantastic. And the thank, you. And the thank you, thank you, Doodle. Thanks you, Doodle. Us, thank you, Doodle. Thank you. Please, please vaccinate your children. Yeah. Did you think we were going to be talking about vaccinating <laughs> children in today's episode? 
Did you think it? It, it comes up quite a bit, Sketch. It comes up. It does. That's, you know, we don't like to put too much real world in our fake That's world. Important but it's one. kind of like responsible on our part to be like, hey, just by the way. Like, by the by. Like, do that. Like, it's going to be sad the day that Drew Carey at the end of Price and Right has to be like, don't forget to spay and neuter your pets and vaccinate, vaccinate your, your children. children. But we're getting there. We're close. Closely. Closer every day. Yeah. Chase, do you have any other big questions yeah, about um, I good do actually. Omens? Okay. Um, was Newton Pulsifer's power mm-hmm. a result of a curse placed on thou shalt not commit adultery, Pulsifer, or just his own deal? Hmm, good question. I, that it was an unclear to me as whether it was a result of the curse from Agnes Nutter or if it was just his thing. Remind me of the curse. Ah, a little. Okay, don't remind me of the curse. I, I, I remember an exchange between the two, but I can't remember if Agnes just says like your descendants and my descendants, blah 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 blah, or if yeah. she cursed him. I. It was. It was vague. I. Was a based on what I remember. Yes. Uh, isn't that great? What a great podcast we have yeah. where we're like, based on what I remember, um, I don't think Nutter had the power to curse. I, I, think, I agree. I think Nutter only had the power to see the future. And if if she did anything in terms of the curse, um, it wasn't a real curse. All it was was just um, that bug in your ear. So it's like that, just like that doubt. The, and the, like, and the prophecy down. that she wrote about him was that he was not what he seemed. Mm-hmm. Correct? I don't remember. Because he told her that he was a computer programmer, a computer engineer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the prophecy. Yeah. Like, but. In that context, he's, he's like, he is not what he seems. No. Because like, he's what, not good at right. computers. Yeah. He's horrible at computers. Oh, yes. They all turn off. He is the computer Armageddon. Yes. So I think... Less than a curse, it was just... It's just his deal. It was just his deal. It was just his his misfortune, I suppose. But all of ours fortune. Yeah, worked out. The, the real question is, does his deal now continue, now that it has served its purpose? Right, right. Is he still... Kind of technolo- cursed in that way. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. uh, quote that there. Cursed air, in Air quotes. In makes yeah, for great audio. Makes for great audio. Uh, that is what you need to find out, which is never answered. Never answered. Because the, the show pretty much ends. Up in smoke. Yeah. Flames. Yep. Holy okay. smoke. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm out of big questions. Oh, so you're out of big questions. It's a question. nice, nice short series. Wraps up nicely. Do you have any other big I questions? I have one more big question. At the uh, Spoilers. Oh, boy. At the end of the series, yeah. Crowley and Aziraphale are both made to pay for their transgressions yes. against heaven and hell. Yeah, they're going to be destroyed. Crowley is to be bathed in holy water, holy water which de- we have delivered a, by Michael. Yep, which we we have established because Crowley kills a Cr- kills a demon, a demon with holy that, water. That um, that doesn't just send them to hell. That literally destroys yes, destroys them. them. Re- it removes them from existence. Aziraphale to be burned in hellfire. In hellfire, yes. Um, it is like the antithesis of each each yep. other. They're a kryptonite, if you yep. will. It, it is what will make them cease to be. Yes. If they are killed, quoting here again, killed on the mortal plane, they really just return home. As spirits. Hell, yes. They lose yes. their, 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 their vessels, corporal body. The corporal, yes. Uh, but they, they return to heaven and hell, respectively. But uh, these two tools right. of the opposite uh, will destroy them outright, yes. completely. Um, so Aziraphale and Crowley are both uh, you know, put on trial. Mm-hmm. Their punishment is death by... 
Hellfire and, and Holy, Holy Water. Water, respectively. Um, neither one of them is yeah, they're immune. Is is affected? They are immune. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and Crowley gives this speech. You know, uh, you're going to leave us alone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, how, how long is it going to last? Oh, long enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, until they figure it out. So, you know, everybody's kind of, well, why doesn't this have any effect on them? Uh, it, it, we, there's a blip. Oh, a blip. And they're standing in different places. We're blipping again. And my question is, was it a glamour that they just appeared as the other, or did they physically switch bodies? Since they're corporeal, they're just vessels. Yeah. Did was it just a glamour in which Crowley looked like a Xerophel and Xerophel looked like Crowley, or did they physically did their spirits inhabit each other's corporeal vessels? I think they um, they only switched in the appearance. So it was just a glamour. I think it was just a glamour um, because I I would fear that if if any part of them was like if it was one's entity in the other's being, right. Uh, it's too big of a risk that, like, the holy water would erase Crowley's right, being and, right, right, and right. vice versa. So I really think it was just, um, it was just a glamour, as you say. And the real strength of the de- of the deception was that both of their respective sides already distrusted them, yes. already felt like they had spent too, too long, long with the other with team. The other, yeah. And so their natural assumption, once they were immune, right. was that they've been tainted. Yes. And it wasn't, they switched places. Right. So um, I think it's all that was needed was just the the, the glamour to, right. to just look like each other. And their They're own assumptions nor evil. are going to, are, are really going to be what what's going to sell this ruse. Yes. You know? Uh, it was brilliant. Oh, oh yeah, I loved it. It was yeah. What an ending! I like when Aziraphale's like, "I asked for a rubber ducky." Yes, <laughs> when he's crawling, <laughs> kicking around in the bath. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, yeah, and they got to spend a, l- a little bit of time in each other's shoes, like yeah, literally. And I think it was good for both of them. Agree. Yeah, yeah, Agreed. loved it. Perfect ending. It really was perfect ending. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any more? Anything else you want to revisit? No, I I just think it was it was it was, it was perfect. Solid. It was a perfect length. It was it was well well produced. You know, I um I I'm sure it didn't have the biggest budget, but I was very impressed with oh, all yeah. the effects. Oh yeah. Whatever size budget they had worked perfectly for what they yeah. did. Um Listen, people's religious beliefs are a touchy subject and everyone is entitled to their own and I just think that the underlying message or messages of this program should not be ignored. I no, mean, they absolutely. are, uh, it, it casts such a wide net and it is so welcoming to a variety of viewers to take this in and really mull it over. Really kick it around and, in your noggin. Yeah, and I will I will just uh, echo what you said there, Sketch, with uh, you know, if you're one of the people that wrote in to have this canceled, take the stick out of your behind and, and just think a little. I, I really feel like you're you're hurting your cause. Yeah. And um, when you see the message that you're truly rallying against, uh, uh, it's time for a little reassessment yeah. of self, because this is a 
this is using religious characters and symbolism and and um, iconography to tell at the base a very purely universal and human story. If Thor's an Avenger, yeah, and uh, dragons are trained, yeah. Then we can have this too. I used but to an angel that even we can, used uh, to go think on an adventure. that Thor was a myth, but yes. now I learn about him in physics class. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, quote Peter Parker. And who's to say that uh, you know? Here we Time are on this little blue marble of a planet. Who's to say that this show didn't just nail uh, the, the, I, the I nail was, on the head? I was recently informed that the Earth is is flat <sighs> and. Uh, that makes sense to me. Okay. Well, we don't have time to unpack that. <laughs> uh, I'll just uh, add uh, flat. If there are any flat earthers still listening, fuck you. There are flat earthers literally around the globe. Uh, Let aware. that sink <laughs> in for a second. Oh, man. Um, guys, if you need proof that the earth is not flat, just keep in mind the universal truth that if the earth was flat, cats would have pushed everything off of it by now. <laughs> Because I think we can all agree that cats are dicks that push things off of things. Uh, if there are any cats listening, fuck, fuck you. you, cats. Fuck you, cats. Um, yeah, I'm like legit allergic to cats. So uh, cats me too. Cats. Me too. Fuck you, cats. Come on, cats. Uh, my my favorite. I think we've talked about this really recently. My favorite uh, response to flat earthers is uh, Buzz Aldrin. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. ninety three years young, just knocked a he guy, built a guy in the belted face. a guy in yeah. the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, what are we doing? What uh, are we doing? We're at You're the, a liar. The, point. the earth is flat. Boom. Laid him out. We're at the point. 93 years young. Where? Where? We're now we're, we're we're talking about this again? I know. <laughs> it's 2019 and we're we still have to like seriously talk about the fact that like Oh man. The earth is do you see the other planets? <laughs> They're all. I mean, okay. I can't even. I can't even. Uh, I, I'm. I'm just waiting for the the argument that the sun revolves the earth around the earth. It's coming back. It's, it's only a matter of time. It's coming. It's we're, we're, we're getting back to all of them. All of them. It's only a matter of time. Yep. The seasons change because a goddess is brought down to the <laughs> underworld. <laughs> I don't see proof. <laughs> You show me proof that that's not true, Shades. It's Convince on you. Me I'm wrong. It's on you to Convince show me, me I'm wrong. that that's not happening every spring slash fall. Gosh uh, darn it, let's, guys. Uh, let's call up Jenny McCarthy and get her thoughts on the subject. Oh, boy. Whew. Jenny McCarthy, if you want to call in, I just, I wouldn't. I mean. At, at this point, Jenny McCarthy, fuck you. I can't promise we'd be respectful. Your, oh. I try to stay as respectful as possible. But when it, when it comes to children's oh. health, you know. There's no effing around with that stuff. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> this is just going on forever. But my fa- favorite thing I read in the last month about this was uh, uh, a a young uh, couple uh-huh. posted on uh, Reddit uh, asking what they could do to protect their children from measles. Yeah. Um, without vaccinating. Without is what vaccine, they're trying to do yeah, here. Without yeah. a vaccine. You know what I? I'll, I'll leave you with this because then then we'll leave it alone. I will tell you what gives really? me what gives me hope. Okay, is that for as large of a group as anti-vaxxers are now, there is a new group forming and rising and gaining traction of 
children of anti-vaxxers who yes. are looking how to get vaccinated yes. without their parents' permission. Yes. Good on you, kids. Good on you, kids. And the and, children are our future. Yeah. Quite literally. And it's, it's sad when they have to self-advocate oh. for that in this, a first world country. Yes. But, um... Mm, is it? Well... Give it time. You know, uh, I'll leave it at that. It, the kids are the kids are figuring it out. Remember, remember, kids, boil your water. Uh, you have other refrigerate refrigerate your eggs. Stop, drop, and roll. Did you know you don't have to refrigerate your eggs if they are unpasteurized? Unpasteurized. Yes. If you get them from like a local farmer. Yeah. Same thing with milk. So if guys, it's not if you um, if you get your eggs like at a farmer's market or something like that, you don't, don't need have to, refrigerate to refrigerate them. Yes. Yeah. But if you buy them at the supermarket, by all means, please, yes, please refrigerate, refrigerate your eggs. Um, also, tomatoes. Don't refrigerate tomatoes. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah, bad yeah, for them. It, it just kills their flavor. It kills their flavor. Kills yeah, their flavor, yeah. guys. Yep. Come on. Come Fresh on. anything. This is 2019. Yeah. This is 2019. Don't uh, refrigerate your tomatoes. <laughs> If salt, salt your fish and and pork. If there's one thing you take away from this, don't episode, eat shellfish. It's it's uh, it's don't refrigerate your tomatoes. Don't refrigerate your tomatoes. That should just be like our code, like hen hen wick wick, like vaccinate your kids. It's don't, like don't refrigerate your tomatoes. Don't refrigerate your tomatoes. Now you guys will know that that means make sure you Spread get your kids vaccinated. The word. Yeah, we're the we're the resistance. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, viva la resistance. <sighs> Don't refrigerate your tomatoes. Yeah. I guess oh that brings us to Shades of Sketch Recommendations. Oh, my God. So I'm going to recommend that you don't refrigerate your tomatoes. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. What are you actually going to recommend? I am actually going to recommend another show in a similar vein. Okay. Have you heard of the show Miracle Workers? I have not. It's with Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, yes. Yep. And so uh, Daniel Steve Radcliffe. Buscemi is God. Yes. So it is in a similar vein of, of Good Omens in that it is a uh, a modern uh, take on, on heaven and angels and yes. all this. It was on TBS. It was another short miniseries, only six episodes, half hour each. Uh, very funny. The premise is uh, that God, Steve, played by Steve Buscemi, is just so kind of tired and fed up with Earth that he has decided to destroy it and kind of just start over. <laughs> He's actually going to not do a planet this time. He's going to do a restaurant named named Lazy Susan's, and all of the food <laughs> rotates around the center of the restaurant, and all the patrons have grabbers, and they grab who, who they want. Who eats it? Uh, Who are the patrons? Well, the, the, uh, there are the, there are other entities other than humans. Okay. So, like the, gotcha. the premise here is that God is just one of many deities throughout the universe, okay, and they all gotcha. have their own planets and solar systems. As as, as the let's really get deep here. Well, uh, the, the let's get into it. The Elohim El uh, was one of many Sumerian gods. So there you go. Um, they just happened to uh, mesh, if you will, yep. in speed dating with the. Uh, with uh, those, in, there you go. Speed dating in uh, in in uh, is it the the Israelites, if you will, if you will. With uh, yeah. And so Steve Buscemi is gonna so gonna do this, gonna destroy the earth, but the angels will be out of a job, and uh, there is this one young kind of angel upstart who's just hoping to make her mark on the world, hoping to make a difference as an angel, and uh, she makes a bet with God that if she can answer one, just one uh, marked impossible prayer uh, that he will spare earth. And unfortunately for her, although she thinks it's the right decision, she chooses 
the impossible prayer of making two people fall in love. Oh, no. Uh, or they settle on just sharing a first kiss. And she has seven days in which to do it. And uh, she enlists the help of uh, the Department of Answered Prayers, who is Daniel Radcliffe, <laughs> an angel who is so overworked and so fried that uh, any help he gives is not exactly help at all. And uh, I have never, I love Harry Potter. I've never had more respect for Daniel Radcliffe than I have in this series. Great young actor. Absolutely brilliant in this. Uh, It's got quite a cast of characters. It's it's very well written. It is quite funny. And uh, again, just like Good Omens has a nice message at the end of it. Fantastic. Um, So I I honestly, it, it aired on TBS. I watched it live. I don't know where you could find it. Uh, but if you can Probably find it, yeah. I mean, if you can find it, I recommend Miracle Workers. All right. Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi. If you see uh, them, you're you, in the right place. Did you th- know that you can buy merch for the show? One of the merchandise items is a toaster that toasts Steve Buscemi's sure. face as God in Miracle Worker onto the toast. I, I won't give away the joke, but I think... I th- think the because f- <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now I think the funniest gag is when uh Daniel Radcliffe really fears for the wrath of God and what that entails okay I will leave it at that so that okay. I will not ruin anyone uh who is going to follow my recommendation but uh if you watch it and you know what I mean write in and tell me what you think about that because I thought it was perfect Fantastic. Miracle Workers. Miracle Workers. And uh, I heard they're uh, going to do a second season. Fantastic. So I guess spoilers. Spoilers. The Earth survives. Survives. <laughs> no no Lazy Susans. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, I am also going to recommend, uh, uh, right in the vein of Good Omens and Miracle Worker, a comic book called Wormwood. Ooh. And... Uh, Similarly, a, a story in which uh, a pair, a duo, are desperately trying to um, avert the apocalypse. Only uh, this time, uh, it, it centers on Danny Wormwood, mm-hmm. who is a reluctant antichrist, mm-hmm. and his best friend, reincarnated Jesus. Oh. Uh, so you have the antichrist and, and Christ, and Christ. Of sent Satan and the reincarnated son of, of the Judeo-Christian uh, deity. Some might call him the anti-antichrist. The, an- the anti-antichrist. Uh, adventures uh, in which uh, Danny is constantly being tempted and manipulated by his father, Satan, mm-hmm. to uh, bring about Armageddon. And, um, and uh, Danny's he's a malevol- malevolent antichrist. He just wants to leave humanity alone and, and, ex- and let the world be and uh, just pal around with his best friend, Jesus. Yeah. Um, to be fair, leaving us alone is the best way to lead to our demise. Uh, sure. Really yeah. seems that way lately. Uh, uh, in this universe, Danny can affect one permanent change a day. Okay, that's not a bad deal. It's not. And it's it's an interesting twist on it. So he can he can change one thing permanently per day. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and you know, hilarity and hijinks ensue. At one point, um, and, and I should say, uh, God is also constantly intervening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, you know, Jesus and Danny are, are kind of uh, rebellious young adults who just kind of buck the system of, of both their destinies. They just want to pal around and have a good time and enjoy the world. It sounds like a fresh take using timeless characters yes. to tell the that, that typical coming-of-age story. Yes. Uh, my favorite, uh, there's just a wonderful frame in this in this book. It, it's long-running. Um 
in which um, d- spoilers at one point, uh, Danny and Jesus are both killed, and they go on a road trip to the afterlife. Mm. Um, and uh, they're driving alone, and, and Jesus you know, kind of like looks over the, the side of the convertible they're driving in, and he says, huh, I always thought it was good intentions. And the next frame paves out, and and Danny and there's a little bubble. It's Danny's like, nope, mimes, and they're literally <laughs> driving a convertible on a road of mimes to hell. That's nice, and it's just such a visual. No, oh, I can um, I can picture it vividly. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's just a wonderful story, uh, irreverent, funny. Again, one of those things that if to write with such irreverence, you have to have a strong knowledge and understanding and appreciate appreciation for um the the belief system and 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 the the works and mm-hmm. the uh the the story if you will if not the uh, the belief system uh, yeah it's just a it's just a fun comic cool. I, I believe it's still going wow um it's it's long running but it's just it's fun yeah it's fun we need a little fun and uh yeah it's good to have a little fun every once in a while wormwood wormwood all right or the or the official name might be the Wormwood Chronicles. The Wormwood Chronicles. But yeah, just search for worm, Wormwood. It's a good time. Very good. Very good. Sketch, you uh, you take anything? You know what's going to look great above the mantle? We haven't put anything about the mantle. It's been a while. We need to put something right above the fireplace. Maybe in the fireplace. Right, right, uh, you know, right in line with the, the broken Captain America shield. Mm-hmm. <gasps> this will look Behind right? the broken guy? I think so. Yeah, I'm taking the flaming sword oh, because it wonder, seems perfect. to have been misplaced once again and no one will miss it. Yeah. Who go. knows? Maybe this is exactly where it Maybe needs to be. Maybe it is. Maybe. God help us. <laughs> Shades, uh, I dare not even ask because I really feel like I know where this is going, but are you going to take anything? Well, I b- do believe it's time to make an addition to my... Uh, Subterranean Goku Garage. Yeah. Subterranean is not the right. It sub-level, is not the right word. Sub-level yeah. Goku Garage. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking this 1934 Bentley. Perfect. For, for the love of me, I can't imagine why. Oh, that's why Crowley didn't take the car, because it was Aziraphale. Aziraphale took the car? No, uh, when when the car's all back to normal and Crowley walks by it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get in and drive. It wasn't Crowley, it was Aziraphale, because he was, he was going to hell. Bingo. That's why. See? Just answered my own question. There you go. There we go. But yeah, I'm taking it. Anywho. You won't miss it. Neither here nor there. You're taking it. I'm taking it. Much like Captain America, if these things are needed again, we can return them right to the point. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, We have yet to see them needed again, though. Yes. So. Great. Um, Longtime listeners. Uh, you may recall at the beginning of this episode, we uh, talked about our Patreon, and you might notice that we take no breaks for advertisers. Uh, we don't want to take money from products we don't believe in, and we don't want to crowd your airwaves with products that you don't want to buy. Uh, so we kindly ask, if you're a fan of the show, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash shades and sketch, uh, and uh, you can become a subscriber of the show for as little as one dollar. Uh, and it helps us keep the lights on and keep the show cost neutral to host and produce. And other than helping us out, you will also get special episodes. Yes. You'll be able to vote on upcoming episodes. Yeah, it's a real interactive experience. Uh, yeah. I've, I've, uh, have, I've, I've in the process of uh, starting to post uh, my, sh- my show notes. 
Uh, are a little fun. You can get a glimpse into my notebook. You don't want to see mine, guys. It's uh, it's just madness. I'm an artist. It's like it's it's like those movies and asylums where people are just scribbling incoherently on the walls. I give you the art, though. Yeah. I do my I do my. You part. do yes. I, the episode oh, yeah. art is wonderful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I guys, think, did you know that's me? I I thought a fun <laughs> Patreon thing uh, might be for me to do my version of your episode art. Oh boy, that would just be hilarious. I, yeah, I would so think. guys, for a certain amount of a, money, you can watch shades. A fun uh, new insult Patreon. Basically, <laughs> it's not insulting. It's you're the artist. I'm I'm not a visual artist. Yeah. We should have like a hundred fifty dollar tier, and I'll I'll add you to the art. There you go. Oh hey, there you go. There you go. Hundred. That'll be the so our top tier right now is uh, Michael Knight. Would that what would that what would that tier be? That's a good question. Crowley. <laughs> Crowley. <laughs> We'll think about it. The 10th Doctor. Yeah, just the doc. The, the doctor. doctor. The 10th Doctor. The doctor. Um, yeah. So, Patreon.com slash Shage and Sketch. Uh, and we are coming up on that August 15th deadline for when we need to uh, renew our, our hosting plan to keep all of these episodes up for you, our entire back catalog, uh, ad-free, on-demand, whenever you want it. Speaking of August... As well, I'll just yes. take this opportunity to say uh, thank you, everybody, because we're coming up on our 50th episode. Yes! Very big milestone. Yes. Uh, wouldn't it be possible without all of you fine longtime listeners? Yes. Uh, not only listening, but uh, urging others to, to listen, listen as well. Yes. Uh, we appreciate it. We we welcome all of our new longtime listeners. Guys, in case you didn't know, the second you tune in, you're a you're long time listener. listener. Yes, uh, that's our term of endearment for you, and uh, it is truly appreciated. Honestly, would we still be doing this if uh, if you guys didn't like it? Probably. Uh, hilarious. Would we yes. be? We would, would be recording <laughs> it? Probably not. Um, but so look forward to that. In in uh, I believe August will be our fiftieth. Sitting in a room with microphones and no recorder. Yep, that would be amazing. That's what we did yeah. for like fifteen years yep. before we hit the record button. Yes. Yep. We just, that stroke of genius <laughs> that one day. <laughs> What's oh, this? Let's just push this. Uh, no, guys, we have 15 years of back catalog that we never recorded. We yes. just forgot. Oh, embarrassing. Oh, what a waste. Embarrassing. So much material. Yeah. Oh, that, ju- that Justice League episode. <laughs> Was great. Uh, so that's just a little plug for our future. But also, guys, you can find us on Facebook. Just Facebook search Geeking out with Shades and Sketch. We're also on Twitter at Shades and Sketch. But if you'd like to talk directly to Sketch, you can tweet him at Go for Sketch. And if you would like to talk directly to Shades, you can tweet him at Go for Shades. Do you see what we did there? Yeah. Do you see that? Um, you can also the, email the, the show. Oh, I was going to say, and the show has its own. Oh, Twitter, the show, yes. Which is just at Shades and Sketch. I already said that. You did? Yes. I, sometimes I don't listen. <laughs> Guys, guys, do you do now? Sometimes. Uh, You can also email the show directly at go with shades and sketch. Recommendations, critiques, things you want us to talk about on our midstreams. Please do write in. We Um, we try and respond to and incorporate all of our listener feedback. And if guys, if you're if you're skipping the midstreams, which I get it, you're busy. But I mean the Mysteries is where we talk about the the current geek events. Yes. So uh, you don't hear us talk as much anymore on our normal episodes about, you know, the 
the current going on, the the trailers right. that just dropped, the the latest controversy with who they are casting in such and such. We're talking about all that stuff on our bi-weekly Bi- midstream, yes. so don't forget to tune into those. Please and thank you. And uh, uh, as, of course, if you are so inclined, leave us a rating and review on your platform of choice. It really does make the difference in boosting the profile of an independent show such as ours. And guys, last but certainly not least, please, whatever you do, do not forget, don't refrigerate your tomatoes. (laughs) You know what I mean. Spread the word. See you next time. See you next time. (laughs) 